Hello, and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to us at podcast at niceReply.com. My name is Craig Stoss, and I'm here today with Bala Gopalan, the Vice President of Support at SUSE. Bala, welcome to the program. Hey, uh, thank you, Craig, and glad to be here today. Yes, and thank you for taking the time to be here. I want to start off with a big congratulations on your Nice Reply Customer Happiness Award for Effortless Experience when you were still with Rancher Labs. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Craig. And thank you uh, to the Nice Reply team for this recognition and for your awesome product. Uh, it has helped us uh, stay close with our customers. So thanks again. Yes, absolutely. And it, it's it's going to be interesting to hear how that tool uh, worked with your your philosophy and approach to customer centricity uh, as part of as part of our discussion here. So, um, Rancher Labs was was recently acquired by SUSE, um, but the award was given last year when you were still an independent company. Um, so, a lot of the questions here are probably going to be focused on last year. But what what specific things did you do as Rancher Labs to be recognized for this award? There's a bunch of things that we did. Uh, and many of them probably are stuff that uh, I've had a chance to listen to maybe one or two of your own podcasts. So things that uh, you probably touch upon. But uh, the most important thing for us is uh, being very obsessive about the customer feedback. Um, you know, we have a very you know, fast feedback loop. Uh, there is feedback that comes from the customer. You know, some of which is uh, implicit, some of which is explicit. Uh, sometimes we, we, we use nice reply, for example, to actually gather feedback at the scope of every response that we would send. We would also use it to gather feedback you know, upon uh, uh, resolving a ticket. And we also use uh, tools such as nice reply to uh, actually even go beyond, you know, uh, at the relationship level, uh, reach out to customers to solicit feedback. So that was stuff that was done on the explicit side, but being obsessive about uh, customer feedback, uh, nice reply helped us quite a bit, but you know, it's more a cultural thing for us to always be listening to our customers, have our uh, finger on the pulse of the customer, so to speak, and watch out for patterns, you know, things that happen across tickets, uh, you know, what is it that we can learn, our customers are our teachers in, in some sense. And uh, what can we learn from the experience of one customer? How can we abstract that as a lesson learned? How can we use that in turn to educate our other customers so that they can benefit from that and they can avoid certain pitfalls, right? So uh, that kind of a focus on the customer feedback has been an ongoing thing, uh, something that uh, even now as part of Suza Rancher, we are very committed to. We are just going to be continuing to do that at a larger scale. So this has been a key uh, focus for that. And uh, interestingly, we, uh, we even have some, some uh, really cool stories as part of these feedback. And as part of one of the nice reply feedback, uh, one of the CES seven out of seven scores was, this uh, experience could have been more better, if I can use the word more better, uh, only if it is served with ice cream or something like that. You know, they, they, they mentioned something like that. Maybe you can give, this flavor ice cream for set one, that flavor ice cream for set two. 
And I was looking at that real time. And then I called my customer success manager. Hey, we need to send this guy an ice cream. And, and we actually did it. <laughs> but then what happens is we are discussing this on Slack and everybody in the company now comes to the conversation. They're like, oh, we need to send boots on the moon because we are sending our product in, you know, satellites and stuff like that. Don't send Rocky Road, you know, don't send this, you know, things like that. So it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh that's one of the cool things. Maybe somebody from the outside looking at this, they are like, what are these guys, uh, you know, so excited about? But to us, it, it was such fun. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing I would say is we are, we are also very deliberate to, um, to basically optimize, you know, the overall experience for convenience and responsiveness, right? I mean, everybody is now acting like a consumer, you know, this mobile device, you are accessing things from everywhere, anytime, all of that. How do you make it very easy for customers to get support from us, right? Like at the, at the tap of, a, you know, from your smartphone, things like that. How can you be super responsive? You know, what kind of automation we can put in place? How can we get the on-call engineers and so on to help them out? And how can we do this in a way where we are actually retaining the context, right? This is one of the things that you don't want to be asking the same kind of questions, you know, uh, what is it that you do again? You know, where is this installed and so on? Is there a way to, you know, uh, have information on that and then carry that forward to whoever has the ball and serve the customer? So that's an ongoing thing. And we've been very, very deliberately focusing on uh, optimizing for that convenience and that responsiveness. But above all, uh, you know, Sousa Rancher, you know, we are an open source company, 100% open source. Open source is our uh, DNA. Uh, and if that is the case, everything is completely free. You know, what we offer is primarily support and solutions around it. So if, if that's what we are doing, there is a company-wide focus on why, how this support needs to be like world-class, you know, galaxy-class, whatever. For me. So that, that company-wide focus is there. So all of this uh, and being in the open source, uh, we've been able to attract top-notch people, people that are committed to the, the open source movement. So I don't need to convince them. So they have passionately come on board. They want to help others uh, in the open source space as well uh, actually benefit from this. So it's basically at the end of the day, you know, people making all of this. Happen. So these are all the various things that uh, went towards, uh, you know, that, uh, that recognition. Uh, we hope to continue that and uh, take it forward to the next higher plane. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a, that's a lot going on, but I think if I were to distill everything you just said, it, what I heard is a lot of customer centricity, the high context, the going above and beyond, the people, you said people several times, like there's a lot of customer centricity. Why, why do you feel that's so valuable, especially in the open source world? Uh, you know, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's so much innovation happening in the open source world. Uh, you know, it's happening all the time and uh, they feed off one another. Uh, basically, it comes down to how our customers can take advantage of that. In a way, you know, it's very agile and uh, they basically are uh, empowered with the freedom uh, to innovate anywhere using, you know, all these great things that are happening in the open source uh, universe. Right. So it's it's really that. And uh, 
our sort of uh, high level mission has been to how do we how do we make our customers innovation heroes right how can they use this open source technology how can they use this in the most agile and scalable way and how can they use this to uh, innovate from the data center to the cloud to their branch office or a manufacturing unit or in some edge kiosk or in a satellite you know all of that so how can how can we uh, how can we enable them to do that? And that's what the whole uh, Arantial product and support uh, is all about. So how can we be there for them as they go, go, you know, every step of this innovation hero's journey, right? So that's 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 how we see it. This uh, because it's open source, you know, and and people have the ability to to look behind the scenes and see everything that's going on and everything that's changing. Um, and given your level of commitment to customer centricity, how does that change the way you make decisions? You know, uh, releases, patches, communicate. You know, change to to your customer base. What's important there when everything can be seen out in the open? Yeah, I mean that transparency is uh, very important and it's highly valued. Uh, but uh, what we uh, use the support is also importantly as a inbound uh, product management channel, uh, so to speak. So uh, I think it goes back to something I said earlier, we are always uh, uh, looking for you know, patterns, right? Uh, we, we use human intelligence, we use some other tooling that we put in place, uh, but we look for, okay, if two customers are facing this issue, it's one thing to have the source code out in the open, it's one thing to build out features, and you do all of that based on certain hypotheses, and it works for certain scenarios, but you know, you, you've not thought to all the potential scenarios and so on, especially now we are saying, you know, there's all of this that you can use, you can innovate, you know, in the entire universe. So as people are using our product, as we are collecting that feedback, you know, what is it that we can feed back into our product management? what is it that we need to course correct? It doesn't need to necessarily be a new feature. It could be something that we add that improves the supportability of the product itself. Can we add just that one extra thing that will avoid a pitfall, a minefield or whatever it is, right? So how do we do that? And uh, the sooner we do it, better more so even than a feature, right? And we have a very agile cadence. Our software basically is all about how do we uh, how do we you know help uh, you know deploy software in the most agile manner in any infrastructure? We sort of dog food our own uh, you know the software that we build. So in that sense, we are also very agile in terms of you know shipping releases almost on a few weekly cadence, and that's actually quite uh, you know uh, out in the public. Uh, people know what is coming and so on. But the support channel actually acts as that inbound advocacy uh, you know, agent and helps uh, shape our product. So that's one thing. Uh, so that's on the release side, but the, there's also an outbound aspect to this, which is uh, if we learn something from one experience, one customer, one pattern, we also, uh, you know, as it's not just about releases, even out of band of releases, there are things that we can advise our customers. We can tell them that, hey, here is an operational advisory. If you're a Windows customer or if you're doing this, you know, know that 
don't go down that path. You know, that is quite, that's not quite ready yet. You know, you're hiking a trail and then there is uh, some sign that says, you know, uh, don't go down this path, right? So those kind of things too, we are able to communicate. And uh, that's thing that our customers value quite a bit that uh, we are there as a partner, uh, sort of a guide for them as they go through that journey. Yeah, I mean, being a guy, I'm a huge believer in being a guide for your customers at all times, for, whether from a support perspective, a product perspective. Uh, you mentioned supportability, like a feature. A feature is great, but support better supportability product is is even better. I mean, those those things resonate from a CX perspective everywhere. Um, do you, from a from a customer effort, you know, perspective, do you feel that some of the stuff that you do? as an open source company can translate into a company that isn't open source? Like what are the, what are the methodologies that you use that are kind of universal when it comes to lowering customer effort and, and, and that customer delight uh, aspect of support? That, that's a, that's something that I always keep thinking about. And that's something that uh, I have uh, slightly nuanced answers every year because it also uh, has slightly different answer for the ages and stages, so to speak, uh, right? Uh, but it uh, really comes down to how can we uh, maintain the context of the customer? And, uh, you know, there is no one solution that you provided at one point of time that's going to serve you, you know, uh, one year later or two years later. So you've got to constantly keep evolving. So how do you... Uh, Maybe I'll just, uh, I recently came across this, uh, that apparently in the 2016 Olympics, uh, the, the men's uh, relay race, uh, that was the, the silver medal was won by the Japanese team, the four, four by 100. And uh, each one of them, uh, you know, their individual time is actually much low, uh, much higher than the 10, uh, seconds or whatever it is for the 100 meters, right? But what they did was they focused on the baton pass, especially a particular angle at which they have to hand over, uh, you know, the baton to the next guy. And that shaved off seconds and they actually had a podium finish even ahead of, you know, others that were favored to win. Where I'm headed with this is as we are handling support tickets and so on, what is it that we can do to actually improve that collaboration, you know, whether it is from engineer to engineer within the support team, uh, you know, how do you, how do you sort of make it better? How do you move the needle and, and take that take that ball forward in the best possible way? We have automations in place. That's been a start. Uh, we have documentation that keeps evolving, but there is no one simple answer that you do this one and two and it's going to work, right? So it's one of those journeys that we keep uh revisiting and seeing, you know, what is it that we can do to improve that. But uh, beyond that, from an open source perspective, it goes back to uh, bridging that gap between people who develop the features and people who are actually using that feature in day-to-day -day life. And people that are using that feature, you know, when they're in their diaper stage, when they are in their, you know, teenage stage, when they are <laughs> in, a, in an adult stage, you know, they use it quite differently and they have different pain points. And, you know, uh, does the person that's developing that feature, are they aware of these pain points? You know, how do you tell that story? How do you tell that story back? And how do you uh, develop the, the, the feature in a way the supportability is built in, right? 
So it's not just, uh, you know, you just get, uh, you click A and you can B, it's not, you know, how do you do that? How are you able to do that in a sustainable basis, regardless of where it is deployed, regardless of what scale it is, the, the, the feature has to be able to sustain that, right? So that's, that's the other thing. So these two, uh, as we continue to keep the focus on, it uh, certainly, uh, the, the hope, the, the intent is that it will continue to help us keep the experience very delightful. Sorry, that was a bit of a ramble, but. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, I love that analogy because I, I think that's something that's true um, even in, in the tool world, right? If you have tools that are cobbled together with weird scripts or, or you know, house built, you know, things that, that just, you know, duct tape and bubble gum, you know, stuck together, uh, you know, that handoff is just not perfect. And, and that, you know, can cause delays of minutes, hours, you know, days, if, if the person who, who wrote that, that cobbled together thing is, is on vacation, for example. So, no, I, I think that analogy fits perfectly. And then tying that into how, how the, the customers communicate with you and reducing that friction and reducing, you know, that, that handoff. I, what, a, what a perfect analogy. I'll, I'll have to look that story up. Um, you talked several times in that last answer about evolution. And, and I'm wondering if we can finish the conversation on, you know, what does that evolution look like? Do you have some cool ideas that you're looking to change? Is there something that you're, you're digging deeper into to understand where you can have a smoother handoff? What, what are things that, that you see as the future of effortless experience at, uh, at SUSE? You know, part of it is giving the power back to the customer. So how can they help us help them? Uh, how can we, again, going back to how can we make it more convenient for them? Um, uh, how can we give them an experience that is very coherent, uh, contextual? How do we make, uh, make it possible that they don't have to go, uh, you know, to multiple places to basically tell us what the problem is? Uh, regardless of where they uh, approach us from, we sort of have uh, an idea about what they are talking about. So uh, how do we, how do we uh, offer that kind of an experience? And uh, that's one of those things that, again, sorry to use that word again, that keeps evolving. And, um, you know, is it, is it automation? Maybe in some part, is it uh, using certain other technology uh, advances like AI. We've begun using that, you know, every week for me, I actually look at a dashboard that tells me, hey, these are the top patterns where the tickets came, you know, whether it is uh, something related to uh, upgrade or whether it is something that's more on the how-to. So it also tells me some trends and sort of uh, based on that, you know, where this could lead and so on. It's still in the early stages, but, how can I sort of marry that that human intelligence and that uh, that ML AI uh, you know together to actually you know delight the customer? And uh, something uh, I actually recently heard somebody say, uh, you know, previously it was all muscle and then it all became brain, but now we need to bring a lot of heart into this. So how do we do this, you know, in a way where we are connecting, you know, putting ourselves in the customer's shoes, you know, and, and uh, trying to help them, right? So uh, the uh, long story short, it's, uh, uh, it's a combination of all of these things. And it is just uh, something that we will just continue to do. There is uh, no, we've done that. And, uh, you know, that kind of a stopping point. 
we just need to keep doing this and learning more and more as we are doing this. Right? So that's that's what I would say. I mean, bringing more heart to customers. What a, what a great way to end a conversation about customer experience. So, um, you know, Bala, thank you so much for joining us. This was a, a great conversation. A lot of uh, a lot of advanced techniques and, and tidbits for our listeners to to take on in their own companies. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, thanks, Greg, uh, for this opportunity today. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Bala Gopalan from SUSE. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please leave a rating or share it with others. And always make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at NiceReply.com.